the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. I'd like to welcome you to the Liberty Hour on an Easter Sunday broadcast. Now, I've had a great time this week at WIND 560, The Answer. And in fact, I actually was asked to uh, do the Joe Wall Show on Wednesday night. This is a pre-recorded segment. Yeah, we're not here. We're not here, no. but it's Easter, and I'm on a recon to Florida for a workcation. Nobody cares. And the other thing is, um, I thought it was good Wednesday. I had a lot of fun. So here it is. I wanted to really break apart my real disgust with the fact that the Republicans are pretty much the Democrats in a better cut of suit. This omnibus encompasses that. But besides the omnibus, the uh, pending infrastructure, which, by the way, this record budget spending that has made Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi very, very happy. This is aside from the one point five trillion dollar stimulus. Now, one of the things that um, I was optimistic about when Trump first won office was that I really did think as a businessman, he would get the spending out of control or under control, that it was out of control, that he was right, as he's advocated since the Oprah Winfrey was under 200 pound shows, how he used to go back and complain about the government spending the nonsense. But lo and behold, a year into his presidency, Republicans, as far as the eye can see, in charge of every single thing, we have the omnibus that's passed. And one of the things that irked me more was listening to the celebratory um, kind of glee in Chuck Schumer's voice. In a certain sense, we're able to accomplish more in the minority than we were when we had the presidency or even were in the majority. Well, I think one of the reasons they rushed it through, they didn't want their potent colleagues to see just exactly what was in the bill. Well, now what, Nancy, I'll have another meant by colleagues, I think, was constituents. She meant you and me. Because what she did, what she really, and she's right. You know, every once in a while, that blind squirrel does find a nut. She's right. The Republicans in charge didn't want you to see this. Now, as an old-time commodity trader, why? Why don't they want you to see this? As an avid radio listener, as a guy who listens to talk radio and listens to former capitalists from the Reagan era, whether they be Kudlow or Stephen Moore or really the saddest of all, my, my hero at one time, Art Laffer, come on and talk about and propagandize GDP numbers. It kind of shows itself to you. Every once in a while, the magician will show you the inside of his coat and you'll see that little string where the rabbit is. And that's what this is. The spending is to fake the GDP numbers. That's why they're beating us over the head with the constant, look at the GDP numbers, look at the GDP numbers. They don't want you to realize that the spending that they continue to go forward with, the reckless, insane spending, appears in a successful GDP. And what they don't want you to connect the dots is, that's your money. That's debt. 
That's credit. That's future taxes. And it is showing itself as today's success. So that's why they need to keep this Keynesian Ponzi scheme going. That's why these, we, we used to hear while Obama was in charge, the, the baseline budgeting where each one of these little bureaucracies gets an increase of 3% a year. Compounded interest, the magic of compounded interest. That if they don't increase the spending and all, that even during the sweet sequestration, the military included, 3%, each little bureau, 3%, 3%, 3%. That's why they rush at the end of the year to blow out all the money, to spend it all so it looks like they need it because they're, in essence, penalized if they save us money. These little bureaucracies, these little cabal, they don't get to spend as much. So, you know, government is the only industry on the planet where the more it fails, the more misappropriation, the more inadequacy, the more money it gets, the more power we give it. And one thing that this should show you is that when the Republicans in charge, the profligate spending that we pretend to hate as conservatives, that's when it's at its worst. Because at least when the Democrats are there, we fight them. We at least put up, it's a fake fight. And Paul Ryan, who, by the way, I have decided, Paul Ryan, you know, he's got this name recognition that he's this 28-year-old kid when he was elected. He didn't know. He doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July. He never had a real job in his life. He's really Paul Pelosi. Because his his logic, his explanation, his nonsense, his willful misuse of the public trust that he has is reminiscent to me of I'll have another Nancy Pelosi. So there really is no, they're, they're interchangeable. And there was a rumor earlier in the week, I don't know if you're a news junkie like me, I'm assuming you are if you listen to talk radio. There was a rumor that, ooh, Paul Ryan's going to resign in 60 to 90 days and he wheeled out some woman to say, no, 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 it's a rumor. Well, what do you think happens when he does retire? What do you think Paul Ryan is going to do? You think he's going to be like you and me, where he's worried about next month, he's worried about insurance payments, he's worried about the future, he's worried about taxation? Or do you think he'll go partner up with that drunken stumble bum, John Boehner, who all of a sudden has one of the top K Street lobby firms? See, that's the scam. They never fail. Once they have the ear of government, they can pimp out the political power they, they used to abuse That's what they do. That's why it's this vicious cycle. And we keep pretending every election cycle, the Republicans will save us. The Republicans will save us. The reality is the Republicans are the ones that are nailing your coffin shut. And it happened when George W. Bush was in office. You know, you you talk about, um, I I listen to uh, uh, cheerleader radio and they talk about how we got to spend more military, rebuild the military. Well, what the hell happened to the military? It was in 2000, the the, the spending after September 11th exploded. So now you're trying to get me back to numbers you you already blew up? You want me to get back to 2007 when you were already spending top of the the top nine countries combined are still spending less than we were in 2009? Because now they're doing it again. You're spending ridiculous amounts of money. They have you cheering for your future taxation. They have you cheering for unlimited debt. And all we keep hearing about is how it's so patriotic. Wouldn't it be patriotic to find out what they're doing with the money? Wouldn't it be patriotic to wonder why third mercenary organizations like Blackwater or whatever the new name is this year, why they're getting hundreds of billions of dollars? Billions. We're not even talking millions. Billions and billions of dollars. Why, as um, you know, we learn through Peter Schweitz, 
who wrote uh, the Clinton Cash, came out with this new book, Secret Empires. You're hearing how it's this this corruption by proxy, how all of a sudden relatives and wives and old uh, old cabinet guys are starting companies that have these magical contracts because it's the spending. They're spending us into oblivion and enriching themselves or their campaign contributors. And what's the answer? What does it stop? I thought the answer was Trump. Didn't you? Didn't you think the answer is Trump? And if you find yourself cheering, do you just step back and say, wait a minute. Why did I hate the spending under Barack Obama, which today looks like a fantastic bargain? In fact, it looks like the Obama administration was frugal compared to the Trump administration. How could it be that six months ago, Trump rallied, raged, raged against the, uh, the Obamacare bailouts to insurance companies? And then how could it be that in this budget, in this very budget, they get more money? Not only don't they stop the money, they get more money. Is this just a hamster wheel that we can never get off? Is this just because here you are, you're an 18 and all the speculation if the Republicans will win, if the Republicans will lose. In the meantime, you and me lose. Constantly losing. We're just trying to slow it down at this point, right? Wasn't that the last election? Lesser of two evils, not as bad as Clinton. Can you tell the policies apart? At a certain point, don't you think that maybe if the Duchess of Chaffington, Hillary Clinton, had won, aside from being confused with uh, all the Bond villains and that guy in North Korea with the pantsuit, don't you think maybe the Republicans would have put up a little fight? A little fight of the public money. Instead, these are Republicans that are telling you, no, we need to rebuild the military. Yeah, but do you need the pork barrel that goes along with it? Do you need the reckless and insane spending by these little bureaucracies, which we learn each time they're investigated, they're full of political hacks, whether it's the FBI or or some the EPA or the Interior Department. These are hacks to political parties that all these bureaucracies, they're nothing more than patronage parking lots where they stick the politically connected. And now we find out they have unlimited spending. And there's you and me going to work every day, and there's the government reaping more, whether they call it revenue or whether they hide it in taxes called tariffs, which are taxes to you. They're not good things. This economic plan that all these guys who pretended to be, so I'm a supply sider. I was with Ronald Reagan. Well, what happened to you? What happened to you when Stephen Moore, what happened to guys who come out and say, you know, I was a a, a supply sider, I was a free trade guy, but, it's that word but, it's those little words you have to look out for, buts and ifs and representative, which isn't a little word anymore, but what they really mean when they say it, they mean ruler, because here is this little small group of guys making these decisions, the idea that a guy like Peter Navarro and Donald Trump could come up with an idea in the White House and say, let's try it, and here's me and you, just subjugating ourselves to it. It's outrageous to me, and it should be outrageous to you. And during this election cycle, if your Republican representative voted for this omnibus, throw him the hell out. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. You either throw him out or wrap your arms around him and say, I'm in for a penny, I'm in for a pound. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to the Liberty Hour. This is another section where, listen, protectionism, as you've heard me say, is the death rattle of a nation. It is a fraud. It is meant to deceive you, to show a false positive. What about new listeners? Section of what? I'm sorry, what was that? Section of what? 
Oh, well, this is a pre-recording that I did for Joe Walsh's show. Is that what you want me to tell you? Well, yeah, you filled in for Joe I Walsh's I filled in show. for Joe Walsh's show, and Joe Walsh is syndicated, so there's a third hour that Illinois didn't get to hear. I wanted to rebroadcast that while I am on my way to Florida on recon exactly. to get out of Illinois. Yeah, during Easter. There you go. Now your basic radio stuff's out of the way. You can say what you want. And let's go uh, about the, uh, let's inform the people, shall we? Inform the people? Yeah, because people need to understand they're being lied to. And it's being sold as conservatism. It's, it's outrageous to me. We should probably say Happy Easter to people. Happy Easter. They listen to the first segment. They know it's Easter. Well, they know it's Easter because it's actually Easter. For us, it's Good Friday. Right. Yeah. And for the Chinese people, it's a good restaurant day with all the Jewish people who have nothing to do. And Monday will be dead. Sure. Yeah. Welcome to business. We might all be dead, too. So who knows? Oh, you're, you're calling the apocalypse, huh? Oh, no. Not no. me. I want nothing to do with it. I didn't say it, God. No, I've been waiting for a meteor for years, personally. Yeah, well, that explains your eating habits. Well, yes. <laughs> There's a few things I've just thrown out. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Um, yeah. So listen, I got it. We, we do need to fill another 10 seconds before we go to this clip. Well, I, you want me to sing? No. Oh, I, God, no. I could carry a tune. Oh, I, no, I doubt it. All right. And as you can tell, there is no refuge. I'm, I, I'm aggravated. I'm disgusted with the fact that Republicans have recently told me that everything I stood for, or stood against, I should say, is now good for me. And that everything I rallied against for eight years under Obama, the spending, the debt, none of that matters now because they're in charge. So what was what were we told during the election? Got to beat Hillary Clinton. Trump's better than, than Clinton. He's a businessman. He's going to right the ship. He's going to make the changes. And I didn't like national populism. To me, that protectionism... I don't just recognize it as a failure when it's done in Venezuela. I don't just recognize it as a con job when it's done in Germany. I, I, I don't like this, how they're demonizing what used to be free markets and free trade. That's one thing. But the omnibus is another. The omnibus, that, that, that's, that's a basic principle of what we stood against under Obama. That's, what, that's one of the pillars that created the Tea Party. And now... I've got my president telling me, you know, I had to sign it, but I'll never do it again. Well, I don't, that's not what I put you in there for. I didn't put you in there to roll over. I didn't tell other people, listen, you got to do, he's better than Hillary and all this stuff I hear to this day, which by the way, he's in there a year. So can we focus on the policies at hand? But I'm just trying to defeat the argument that I get thrown back by callers on the line. I can see all the line. I know what everybody's going to say, but this is about... Really coming up with a different, I need to change the trajectory. I got two girls, right? I hope to be a grandfather someday. I'd even like to see a great-grandfather. I don't want that kid to say, how could you possibly let this happen to me, Grandpa? How could you let this happen? Didn't you do anything? And I say, well, I tried. I tried, grandson. I tried really hard. I elected who I thought was going to change. I bought the line that certain politicians who said they were going to change things, drain swamps and whatnot. I bought it. And what happened? Huh? We spent it even faster. We borrowed it even bigger. And we stole it from other citizens even greater. But nobody says it like our guy. So uh, where is the clip there, McBeth? Hit it. There you go. The last time we negotiated something like this, and as you know, it's always been a problem for our country. They get together and they create a series of documents that nobody's been able to read because it was, it was just done. Now, you tell me who can read that quickly. Takes a long time to read it. Then why did you sign it? Then why did you sign it? See, I remember that schoolhouse rock. 
You remember how bills become laws. And at the end, the one guy who could stop a real bad bill or a real bad law, the one guy is the guy at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, that guy is we get to change him out every four years. But that's the guy that could say, you know what? This is junk. It's garbage. And I refuse to let my country be cast into bad decisions by a few corrupt, a few morons that put together a 2,200-plus page bill, give people 24 hours to vote on it, and they don't care that it was written by lobbyists. They don't care that it does exactly what I ran against. So I refuse to sign it. Wouldn't that have been nice? That's not what we got. We got the old excuse that every drug addict, every drunk, every wife-beating lowlife gets. I'll never do it again. I did it, but I'll never do it again. Well, that's not good enough for me. That's not, that's not even an outsider view. You did what Hillary Clinton would have done. You did what uh, uh, the Bush would have done. Jeb, that ball of energy. You did what Kasich would have done. You did what everybody you beat would have done. You had the opportunity to be somebody. And instead, you just fell right back into the lounge sheet. Put your feet on the desk and said, ah, there's nothing I could do. I'm just the president, right? Well, what are you going to do when, when the other things happen? What are you going to do when this whole kid, which, by the way, this is a scary kid, this whole kid. This is a kid. Yeah, he started out. He went under the I, I, I am a victim. We let him get away with uh, newscasters. Let him get away with some outrageous stuff. Now they're attacking a fundamental cornerstone of the Enlightenment, and it looks like they're gaining steam. So if Trump rolls over on spending, is he going to roll over on the Second Amendment? Or is this when the Trump Christians tell me, I got to have faith, I got to have faith, he'll do the right thing. Well, I had faith a week ago. Did he do the right thing then? No. I had faith when he spotted the ridiculous money going to insurance companies that you and I, not only are we bearing the cost of this ridiculous Obamacare, we're bailing them out on the back end. They've never made more money. Trump found it. I said, finally. He'll save me. What happens? They make more money. So who is there? There is no Lone Ranger. So what needs to be done, in my opinion, is you have to throw out the phony Republicans. From old lady face Mitch McConnell to Woody from Toy Story. The Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. As you know, we call him Paul Pelosi when I fill in for Joe Walsh. Paul Pelosi. He's got to go. And every Republican who sat idly by and didn't Make a stand. Otherwise, what's the point? Do we do we even have a representative government? You know, I recognized under Obama when they I swear to uphold the Constitution and you almost tossed your cookies. You knew he didn't mean it. You knew he was going to work to undermine it. But I thought maybe the Republicans would be different. But are they? You listen for yourself. For the last eight years, deep defense cuts have undermined our national security. How old are and they just if you look at what's taken out, they've hallowed. You know what? I played the wrong clip there, Mick, but that's my bad. I played the wrong clip. But I'll tell you another thing. That's the rapid in, rapid in patriotism. For eight years, will anybody want to tell me what they were spending before Obama got in? Because I thought that what they were spending under Bush was outrageous. Why is it that we can never freeze the spending for military? Or if you just say military, you wrap it in a flag and I say, okay, spend more. I didn't like it then and I don't like it now. But let's go to, I wanted to hit Trump more on the economy and I'm the bus. But we have tremendous opposition to creating really what will be the far, by far, the strongest military that we've ever had. We've had that from the Democrats. So if we take something for the military, 
They want something for, in many cases, things that are really a wasted sum of money. And it's not right, and it's very bad for our country. But you're the negotiation guy. You're the guy that's supposed to say, no, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to give welfare more because I need the money for warfare. See, but that's what we talked about before. This is the scam. It is a welfare warfare economy. And who pays for it? The people not involved in either. The ones who can only lose sons in the warfare, but who have too much pride, too much principles to be on the welfare. Or they slowly corrupt you in this new supposed tax savings law, which the more you look at it, it's a shell game. It's not a real tax savings. It's a tax adjustment. And who does it get adjusted on? The people not with the political power. The people not with the lobbyists. I'm tired of the games. I'm tired of the scams. I want what the country was about. The liberty, the property rights, the sovereignty of the citizen. Instead of this constant manipulation and balkanization through a manipulated progressive tax, through, a, through phony virtue in supporting a warfare economy, which turns out to be more of a welfare bailout, to omnibus spending, to infrastructure spending. Aren't you just sick of it? Then you just you sent this guy there because he's supposed to throw everything out on the table and say, no, this is bad. Yes, this is good. Instead, we're like some part of an experiment where he brings in these advisors like Peter Navarro, who has succeeded at nothing, ladies and gentlemen, who you're hearing now that the old Hoover tariffs, only when Peter Navarro, the unmitigated failure, controls them, then they're good. That's not good enough for me, and I hope it's not good enough for you. We'll be back after this. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. I'd like to welcome you back. This is an Easter Sunday extravaganza where you're listening to uh, some of it's pre-recorded. Well, all of it's pre-recorded. All of it's pre-recorded, but all at right. different times. Different but days. I'm here live now, baby, talking to you, looking at that big thing you call ahead. Yes, but not when they're listening to it. That's true. So, listen, this, this, segment is, <laughs> this segment is important because during the uh, taping of it, I was very aggravated as I kept hearing ex-conservatives call up and promote the spend and borrow policies everyone rejected, right? So what that is, is that is American citizens, conservatives in particular, capitulating to Keynesianism, pretending it's real and loving the fact it's faking GDP growth. Which this is what we have to learn if we're ever going to stop the problem. We must first correctly identify it. And when you chant, keep spending and infrastructure and everything, other trickery they have up their sleeves, and you point to the GDP, you're not understanding the, the Rube Goldberg mechanism that they call the GDP, which is false spending and borrowing. One of the things I wanted to show is that at this point, what happens when you capitulate to Keynesianism? What happens when you buy this the, this idea that government has to take the place of, of business, that government has to strategically put money in specific sectors in order to fake it till you make it? See, that's what John Maynard Keynes sold England um, before World War II. That's what he sold the rest of the world after World War II, is that if they could somehow fake it till they make it, 
Sooner or later, someone will make it. Well, then what happens? You know, I'll never forget when I used to trade commodities. A guy used to tell me, when you're hoping you get even, you already lost. You already got a loser on when you're hoping you get even. So what government does is it not only hopes it gets even, it borrows money from the future, but it pays interest to the present, right? So the guys who are actually in charge of where this magical money gets printed, they're making money hand over fist. Then they're controlling some of the information. But what, what, what else is a more diabolical thing is happening is that the debt that it's, it's taking to, to fake the economy, that's going to be paid off down the road by generations yet unborn in some cases. That they show you this little nonsense that we used to get all upset about. That I, don't even, I haven't heard one Republican get mad about now. The debt, which is over $21 trillion through Enron math. That's cooked books math. That's not really the debt. When you add up the unfunded liabilities... It's a staggering amount that the more you say it, the less weight it carries. But it's about $260 trillion, which means if you confiscate all the money in the world, you're still short. So we've got this going on, and you've got politicians that we send to get this under control. At every turn, at every time they can, they just vote more of it, more spending, more magic spending. Then you add in politicians that finally we say, okay, We need this to stop. Please let the madness stop. Let's send the businessman there. He'll make it stop. And he doesn't. He votes for it, says he won't do it again. In the meantime, we're focusing on a stock market. They they, they point to GDP. Look at the GDP. It's great. To where you can't unravel the gold Ruberg machine. It is too complex to take the parts away and see that GDP number is probably 80% fraud. It's on future money. It's on credit. And they're telling me this is good for me? And then they have us arguing against really what is the the, the most crazy, arguing against not just ourselves but our kids, and telling us that high interest rates on that magic debt they made us print up, that's good. What do you mean that's good? It just seems to me like a small sliver of society that I'll never meet Right? The Goldman Sachs is the world, the investment bankers, these scoundrels at the Federal Reserve. It sounds like they're making a lot of money. Someone's making money. And you're telling me that the more I pay for this debt that you, I couldn't control, that's good for me? It's not good for me. And it's not good for you. And it's certainly not good for the kids who aren't born yet, who before they come out of the chute, they're in debt, 70000 80000 in just their section. They're little 330 million people. Each one of us are in debt almost hundred grand. What? How does that work? How do you get it out? Well, you turn back to the fake it till you make it, till the print it. And that happened the other day. Bernanke quietly goes unreported, right? Because we're all mesmerized by some porno star. That Bernanke says yesterday, you could find this on Zero Hedge, he says, listen, that quantitative easing that I participated in, that I said was good, we were wrong. What? This is earth-shattering news. And I've got six screens in the Joe Wall studio. Six screens. Not one of them. Is saying that that's bad. Seven. Seven screens. I was just corrected. We've got so many interns rocking around, I can't tell who's who. Seven screens. CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. They're the only ones not talking about Stormy Daniels. The other one about Stormy Daniels, and then again, they got the fat guy from North Korea, the only fat guy in the entire country, in Hillary Clinton's pantsuit waving. That's it. For the most of it, the stuff that affects me and you, the stuff that they can wave a flag around every, every two years when Congress is running, every four when a president, that's somehow down the line. I don't 
get it. What will it take for a president, for a Republican, to say, I just want to stop the spending? Can we just freeze the spending at George Bush levels? Can we just cut spending in some of these bureaucracies? Or do we have to all pretend they're all necessary? And in fact, not only that, we gave everybody a raise. You guys suck so much, we're going to give you more money. That's what government is. So for all the dummies out there, do yourself a favor. Take one of those civil service tests and go work in a government bureaucracy. Because you just may end up president or congressman one day. Because it seems to me that's who we're putting in, in charge. The more you fail, the more Paul Ryan never had a job, he's the guy in charge telling me, ah, you got to spend a little bit more. You're listening to The Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. Now here's the other. I like to expose the nonsense, the scams, the Keynesian soiree, the continued hamster wheel that they have us on. And the hope that they give us is so minute, such an outside chance. But that's what America was in the beginning. That's what I keep rooting for. I keep reminding myself that during the revolution, it was only a third of us. That's it. A third of us thought, you know what? Wouldn't it be great? Recognize the enlightenment. Wouldn't it be great if we get rid of this, this low life despot dictator in a, in a far off land that if we could just throw off the shackles of a, of a monarchy that we could do great. We tried to rally our fellow citizens, but a third of were loyal to King George and a third of them, just like today, were too stupid to care. But there is that little small, they call them, uh, these congressmen, they're called the Freedom Caucus. Can you imagine that? you imagine an American government where guys who argued for liberty, guys who argued for what is the fundamental understanding of what the country was really about, property rights, unalienable rights, individual sovereignty, they're now radicals. They're called the Freedom Caucus. I mean, they make them even sound like, look at those nuts over there, the Freedom Caucus. One of my favorite guys, although I'm, I will say this, Rand Paul, obviously, is one of my favorite guys. And I'm sure if you're listening to this program, he's one of yours. I, I am still disgusted by his support for old lady face Mitch McConnell, a guy so corrupted that he's never he hasn't worked since the 80s. Now, for those of you out, the 80s is when polyester was still men could wear it. The 80s. Has never had a job, but politics. He's gotten so old, I call him old lady face Mitch McConnell because he reminds me of Aunt B from Mayberry with that face. Looks like he's never had a hair on it in his life. One of them guys with that turkey neck. This is the, this is the exact kind of guy you got to get the hell out of office. Should never be in government. Shouldn't even be close to it. Whose wife is, is, is the heiress to a shipping mogul from China. For God's sakes, that it, the more they look at him, he's worth 35 to 45 million dollars. How? How? He's never had a job. Where's the money come from? And then Rand Paul supported him in the last election. So that really took the wind out of my sails for Rand Paul. But I still think every once in a while he comes up with some great stuff. So when they were asking him about this omnibus, I thought his comments were refreshing. I thought if we could get more congressmen to talk like Rand Paul, to think like Rand Paul, it would be beneficial. But here, you judge for yourself. Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky joins us now. Senator, we asked uh, over a dozen Republicans who voted for this to come on. None would do it. Um, The people who wrote this, were they here for the 2016 election? You know, I'm kind of old school. I think you ought to read the bills, you know, before we vote on them. This is a 2,200-page bill. We got it last night at midnight. 
I've been working all day diligently through the bill, and I'm up to page 600. But, you know, I've still got quite a bit of ways to go to read the bill. As far as the content of the bill, this could have been written by President Obama and liberal Democrats. When I ran in 2010, when we had that Tea Party tidal wave, we were opposed to President Obama's spending, and we were opposed to President Obama's trillion-dollar deficits. This bill will give us a trillion-dollar deficit this year. Now, that's brought to us by Tucker Carlson on Fox News. However, the content of what he's saying, this is something Barack Obama, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer with that doll hair sewn to his head, they love it. They can't get enough of it. Our guys, where are they? I pass it and I go on spring break. The only time we're safe is when they're on spring break or Thanksgiving break or some break. The only time that the American people save money is when they're out of office, except when they pass a bill like this, that instead of news stations, seven screens in the, in, in the Joe Wall studios, seven of them, and I got to see uh, uh, porno stars on it. If I wanted this, I could have stayed home. Not a little inside joke. I don't have that on at home. Um, let's get a little bit more from Rand Paul. Paul Ryan uh, is, of course, ultimately responsible for this as the head Republican in the House. I mean, these are his priorities, I assume, but they're so out of whack with the parties of the, uh, the priorities of the party. How? I think I think this is why people are so upset with politics, because when the Republicans are out of power, when they're in the minority, they are the conservative party. But then when they get in the majority, there is no conservative party. Democrats don't care about spending any of the time. Republicans seem to care about it when they're criticizing Democrats. But now that Republicans are in charge, Republicans are like, Katie, bar the door. You talked about border security. I'm, I'm flipping through the pages today reading the bill i find out there is money for border security in tunisia how do you like that how do you like that in tunisia what the hell good does that do us nothing you don't even know what's in the bill nobody did nobody but the lobbyists that wrote it just like the lobbyists that wrote obamacare just like the lobbyists that wrote dodd frank and and what do we get election year conservatives Ooh, and here's the thing. Now, Joe Walsh, I'm so honored and flattered. By the way, he texted me, he said, don't break my show. So I'm trying not to. He, uh, um, they, they run, he's in, he's in all these different states. Joe Walsh is syndicated throughout the country. So if you're in one of these states, like Illinois, the one where Joe Walsh's show is broadcast, the one where I was born and raised and watched the political corruption spread throughout the land, if you're in these states and your congressman voted for this, under no circumstances support him financially, support him verbally. Get out of your car and go vote for him. The only way we change it is through the true revolution of us saying no more lies, no more nonsense. If you're not in a district for one of these Freedom Caucus guys or Rand Paul, don't get out of your car anymore. And certainly don't send your money. Because here's the dirty little secret. They're all making money. They're all make Paul Ryan $22 million he gets in contributions. How could that possibly be? He's from a district in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The entire district. Is it worth $22 million? This guy raises it a year. See, we keep buying this scam that these election year conservatives are going to save us. And this is the reality of it. Right here, you're watching it in an omnibus bill that should make you sick to your stomach. 2,200 pages plus. They get a day to read it. Here's a congressman comes out and says, I can't get to past 600. I've not stopped reading the bill. I can't get past 600. They want me to vote for it. And when I do read, what do I find? But more of what I stood against. 
This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. This is the Liberty Hour on an Easter Sunday extravaganza. That's right. Now listen, I wanted everyone to be disgusted with the fact that we're watching all of the Bush sycophants reappear under the supposed drain the swamp signal. I wanted people to understand Liza Minnelli, Steve Mnuchin, a Democrat money bundler, is now in charge of our economic policies, along with an academic fraud, American Keynesianism sympathizer, Peter Navarro. Until we recognize the root of the problem, we're never going to fix it. So I want to throw everybody out. I really do, Macbeth. I want them out. One of the things you've heard me say before, welfare warfare. What do I mean by that? I mean that not only is Trump right when he says when they give me a bill, If I want an increase in military spending, they attach welfare spending to it. But I I think it's crucially important that we understand that not to just buy this tagline, rebuild the military, the spending. I like the idea that we go and see where the spending is, right? Strategically look at where the waste, fraud, and abuse is. I can remember, I'm cursed with the ability to reason, I remember prior to September 11th, One of the most staggering things to ever happen, in my opinion, was for Donald Rumsfeld to come on and say, hey, the Pentagon seems to have lost $2.5 trillion. And then September 11th happened and we stopped looking for it and we doubled down and sent who knows how much more. But I don't like just blanket statements. I'm a details kind of guy. Not always. But when it comes to where you're spending the money. And I remember uh, watching movies like War Dogs, where you get these kids from Florida. They have a contract with the United States military, and billions get spent. I still can't figure out why Blackwater changed its name, or why we stopped getting reports on how many trillions of contracts they have, or who those guys are. But one of the things that I have to... You just look at the amount of spending. Now, here's an article that I found uh, in the Peter G. Peterson Foundation, but it's more from the Heritage. It was a link I got on Heritage. And it says the United States spends more on defense than the next eight countries combined. And I said, hmm, that's interesting. Now, granted, the United States is a superpower. I understand the Brent Rhodes Agreement. I understand we make countries convert to our dollar, the petrodollar, in order to exchange commodities. So I get it. We're the big dog on the block, right? We're the crossing guard. We're the lone ranger with the white hat. That's what everybody tells me. I get it. Let's talk numbers for just a moment. Six, this is before the omnibus increase in the spending, which almost doubles. Almost doubles this. $611 billion we spend on defense. That's how things fell apart. You want me to believe things fell apart spending that money. And then you look at the next eight countries spend $595 billion. Now, quick math, that's nearly $30 billion. But what are those countries? Well, lo and behold, they're the ones that everyone tells me i got to be aware of. China. China is made up of eight that spends less than us? And what are the other ones? Russia, Saudi Arabia, India, France, United Kingdom, our ally, Japan, and Germany. So you take these eight countries, you add up all the money they spend, there's still $30 less than us. That's before Omnibus, where we doubled it. Here's what I'm saying to you. Shouldn't we focus more on how it's being spent than the fact we just keep giving it, giving it, giving it? I'd like some detail. I want a congressman like Rand Paul. To say, what are you doing? I don't want to build security in Tunisia. I'm sick of giving money to countries that hate us, hoping they don't come back and bomb us, hoping they don't turn into the Taliban. I don't like how we just spend money blindly. 
It's time we start looking at the details. Stop trusting people who tell me they are and keep asking for more money. All right, you've been listening to the Liberty Hour Easter Extravaganza, which sounds a lot like Joe Walsh's Syndicated Hour Wednesday because I was privileged enough to fill in for Joe. Um, I want to thank you for tuning in, taking time on a Sunday, Easter Sunday, to listen to the Liberty Hour. I truly do appreciate it. And we will be back next week live. Easy for you to say. I stuttered there because I had a holes in my mouth. Talk to you very soon. Take care. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.